0: Thanks to our worship team for their ministry to us. Hey Sea road family, hey Internet family from all around the world. Everybody, let us know where you're watching from in the comments section. This is a bit weird for me since practically every other time I've spoken into a camera, it's just been for an announcement or a commercial where I get to dress up and be silly and a bunch of you has asked uh, for more of those and I will get to it, I promise. I'm working on it. But today though, Uh, I get to share a message to bring hope and calm in a season that frankly feels a bit chaotic for many. You know our professional sports are closed down, conferences and concerts are cancelled, provinces are declaring a state of emergency, there's border closures around the world. You know it all. It's been in the news of course. This is the stuff of movies. It's hard to believe that this seems to be our current reality. Well. Here at Sea Road, we have a number of people with family in the United States. And so they've been there and back again, and now they're in self-isolation. Our own pastors, Justin and Hannah, are isolated from us for another nine days still. So all his work is is from home. Thanks for uh, moderating our social media conversation, by the way. Hope you haven't felt shunned or like a leper. We haven't had any in-person communication. I'm shouting out the window because he lives right across the street. Well, for all of you who are self-isolating, I applaud you. Thanks for your sacrifice in helping keep our communities safe. I've said it before, spread the love, not the germs. And though we're actively pursuing social distancing, that doesn't mean that we have to feel alone. Hope is near. Well, we are in our Be Still sermon series. So today I want to look at the passage of Scripture where that phrase comes from. Psalm 4610 says, Be still and know that I am God. Well, I am so excited to share with you the meaning of be still in this context. This is the only place in the Bible where this version of be still means what it does. In Hebrew, it's singularly specific to this verse and context where all other references are about silence and peace and calm like psalm 23 he leads me beside still waters that reference is to peaceful waters in first kings 19 god said to elijah go out and stand on the mountain before the lord and behold the lord passed by And a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. God was in the still, small voice. And that reference is to peace and silence and a sense of calm. The reference in Psalm 46 is uniquely different. When God said, be still and know that I am God, this stillness means to slacken, to cease, to forsake or leave or let alone, to be weak even. It means to give it up, dare I say even to let it go. And when I first read the actual definition of be still in this context, I actually breathed a sigh of relief. That's being still. It felt like a weight came off my shoulders and and my blood pressure normalized. I'm sure it came down a couple points. To be still and know that He is God is to allow yourself to be weak, to give up striving, to relinquish control and just let God be God. I kind of picture a lazy boy chair. You know, you put your feet up, you lay your head back, and you just let everything go. It's a very different concept because so many times in the Bible, God encourages people to be strong, to be encouraged and take heart. But in those instances, he's calling them to a task. He's calling them to something grand. God's instruction to us in Psalm 46, to be still, is to take the break that we need. And that helps combat fear, to rest, and to trust him. You know, in the light of all of our efforts to sanitize, in the light of all the chaos and worry, we have to take moments to be still and know that he is God. Well, that might be a tall order for some of you. Who out there is a a type A personality? You can confess it in the comments part of our social media stream, and we will pray for each other. But just because it's a tall order, you know, and I'm not referring to Starbucks tall, uh, even though it might be a challenge for some of us to be still, it is not impossible. We just have to remind ourselves of who we serve. Our God is amazing. So I want us to look at the whole psalm where this phrase comes from. Now, Psalm 46 is divided into thirds. And after each third, we're instructed to sila, which is generally understood to mean to take some time to think about the truth that we've just read. So let's look at the first third, Psalm 46, verses 1 to 3. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. We will not fear. When it is so natural to fear, God calls us to the supernatural, to not fear. You declare, I will not fear. You repeat scriptures like 2 Timothy 1.7, which says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. You repeat scriptures like the one we're looking at in Psalm 46. God is our refuge and our strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Ask God to release his spirit over you, over your family and friends. Uh, when you're thinking about these scriptures. In the psalm that we're reading, we come to the word Sila. So we take time to think about what we just read, pause and reflect. In musical terms, it's uh, like an interlude. So for Psalm 46, let's do that. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. Though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. And we pause. And we think about it. And we think, okay, so there's chaos all around. Well we will not fear. God is our refuge. He is our strength. He is our help. And we think about it. We ponder it. We repeat it in our minds. And you know, I do that and my blood pressure starts to come down. I relax as I think about God's reality. So I will not fear. The waters of verse 3, though they roar and foam, are very different from the next stanza. Verses 4 to 7. Let's look at it. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her she will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. So, after we've pondered verses 1 to 3, that God is our refuge in the midst of chaos, we're comforted. And we declare that we will not fear. We are then led to a new declaration, a new reality. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. That means there is a reality that we can walk in, that we can experience today, that we have this supernatural reserve that enables the people of God to be glad. Because even though the nations are in an uproar, the Lord Almighty is with us and he is our fortress. That inward conviction that we gain from the first third of the psalm becomes this outward confidence because we've thought about it. We've pondered it. And that's the truth of all of life. Whatever things you focus on impact your thinking and your attitudes and your behavior. Philippians 4 verse 8 says this, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, Whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. If you're needing to self-isolate, for instance, don't think about how inconvenient this is or fear every interaction you've had in the last 14 days, but rather think about the nobility of it. I'm sacrificing personal freedoms to honor someone else. I said it last week. We fulfill Romans 12:10. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. When we think like that, we bring calm, peace, and stillness to our world, which so desperately needs it. Be a conduit of that type of grace. And confidence. And you know, folks, you can't fake it. You have to be still and know that he is God. And when you do that, then it comes naturally. Now, let me know if this has been your experience so that anyone who reads your comments can be encouraged that I'm speaking the truth here. Now, the final third of this psalm is as follows. It's in verses 8 to 11. Come and see what the Lord has done Now, this could be a puzzling scripture with our common definition of desolations. But here's the fascinating thing. Again, as you study the original Hebrew, this word desolation in this context, it's the only time it's in the Bible this way. Now, though it does mean ruin... The implication is to be astonished by a wonderful thing. God wrecks bad things. God ends war. God stops the bad. And the crazy thing is, he uses humanity to cooperate with him in accomplishing this. We get to partner with God Almighty in bringing ruin to evil. But oddly enough, it starts with us giving in. With us being still, relinquishing control and letting alone that which we're powerless to control, anyhow. So, here's your homework. Examine your attitude, examine your mindset. Some of you are feeling fearful and anxious. Be still, let it go, and know that He is God. Others of you. You're feeling a bit cocky, untouchable. Please, be still. Let that attitude go. Release that mindset for one that honors others above yourself. Be still and know that He is God. So, the quick overview of the psalm is as follows. Number one, God is our refuge. We will not fear. Number two, there is a reality that the people of God have a supernatural reserve. And number three, we get to partner with God Almighty to wreck evil. What a privilege. Now, one way that we've called our Sea Road community to partner with God is through fasting and prayer. How will that help? Well, when you fast, you give up something. Food, TV internet surfing. You give up something for several hours. And every time you have a desire to return to whatever you gave up, you substitute prayer. So if you give up food, when you have a hunger pain, you pray. Pray for the hungry in this world. Pray for the hungry in your own community. Pray for social service workers. Pray for success in remedial programs. And today, pray specifically for the sick that God would heal them and comfort and protect their families. Pray today specifically for healthcare workers who are on the front lines treating the sick. Pray for strength and protection. Pray for the unemployed, those who've recently lost work, that God would p- provide through their families and their community. There are many ways to pray. Pray the scriptures. You know, many of you do this already. Let us know in the comment section what favorite scriptures do you pray to bring strength and hope to your circumstances. For me, I'll pray the last part of Romans 8, for instance. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. For I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor Anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You know, you can also pray the Lord's Prayer for friends and family members. Now that might sound a bit like this. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in, and you name the person's life. Let your will be done in my son's life, in my neighbor's life, in in my co-worker's life, whoever you're praying for. You're talking to God on behalf of your loved one. That's one model for praying. We pray, thy kingdom come in their life. And however many people you're going to pray for, pray the Lord's prayer for them. Pray also for our country. Pray also for our region. Pray that hope would invade where chaos presently exists. So that as hundreds and thousands and tens of thousands of people pray, we will indeed see God's kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Now, my final point is this. When we pray, we eventually move to confidence and stillness that God's got this. Prayer helps us to be still and to let go As we're reminded of God's character. The Lord Almighty is with us. He truly is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in times of trouble. Therefore we will not fear. Let me pray for you right now and then we'll enjoy one more song from our worship team and Pastor Desiree and I will be back to finish off the broadcast. Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you for everyone who tuned in. We really do want to hear from you and learn from you, and we want to reflect your glory. I thank you, Father, for the servant-heartedness of so many people who emailed this week. May your church continue to shine bright in this season as we extend the hope of your gospel. Through every storm of life, you are Lord of all, and we affirm our hope in you. Amen.
1: I